Hi, uh, my name is Logan S. Paul. I'm the co-founder of rebelhack.com and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. So you're about to hear a very inspirational episode of the App Guy podcast with me, Paul Kemp, uh, talking with a founder who you uh, probably haven't heard of. But let me just tell you this. I think you relate to this. Um, a lot of founders come on, they're very pumped up and, uh, you know, they're always playing for a 10. And I'm sure like you're listening to this and you may be the same. Maybe you're living and playing 10 out of 10 every single minute of your working day and night. But I know having doing my own projects, that it's really tough. It's tough because it's an up and down type of uh, experience that you go through. And so if you need a boost, this is the episode for you. If you're working on a side project and things are just getting tough, if you're working on a new startup, if you're a graduate and you're thinking about getting into startups and you're just not sure, then this episode will inspire you. And the reason being is my guest, Matt Muntel, who again is a name unfamiliar to you, uh, he is amazing and inspiring, and it shows that anyone can do great things just given the right mentality, given the motivation. Here's a guy that was part of the team at CERN, which is in uh, Switzerland, and it's the CERN Collider. They're trying to find uh, the origins of the universe. They discovered uh, recently Higgs boson, which is the god particle often referred to, and uh, he was part of the team. Now, he gave all that up to start a startup. He just had a compelling passion to start a startup. He'll go through his story. And you know what? He absolutely plowed his uh, full energy into his project and uh, it was picked up. He had a chat with the co-founder of Skype, the co-founder of Skype, who loved his um, project so much. He gave the, He actually gave up doing what he was doing the co-founder of Skype and just um, redirected everything towards this particular project and invested heavily in the company. Now, the other amazing thing is that this is the first startup by Mate and yet um, he has managed to attain half a million beta testers without any marketing. Half a million beta testers without a single bit of marketing. Now, it's inspiring because here's a guy doing it for the first time and he uh, has achieved all this. So wonderful episode. I do hope that you will stay tuned. Of course, you can always subscribe to my archives to go through all the past episodes and uh, you can subscribe to this uh, podcast on your podcasting app. I'm hoping you have subscribed. But in the meantime, let me just take a moment to thank my two sponsors. First, TopTal. TopTal is the world's best when it comes to great developers, great designers. They have an assessment process that weeds out 97% of developers and designers and just presents the best that they can find through their own assessment tools. So you know that you're getting some great developers, great designers, and they will guide you through the process of working remotely and it's almost like these people are part of your team. You are either introduced to TopTal through me or you go to toptal.com forward slash pool, toptal.com forward slash pool. Have a two-week uh, trial and see what they're like. And you can always, uh, uh, you know, get uh, the development cost paid for you if you're just not quite right. So go to toptal.com forward slash pool, toptal.com forward slash pool, 
or reach out to me and I'll make an introduction for you. That's toptal.com forward slash Paul. And thank you very much to Toptal for supporting this show. Next is Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket is great if you want a ready-made brand for your startup, for your project, for your side project, whatever it may be. Don't go through the exercise of trying to create your own design, your own logo, trying to work out your domain name. Sometimes startups have taken years to come up with the right name. Just go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, and you'll be presented with a search bar and you can search all great names that come to you pre-packaged, pre-designed. So all you do is you hit the road running. Don't waste the time. Go to brandbucket.com forward slash Paul and get your brand today. Now let's get into the episode with Mate Montel. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. This is the show where we get app entrepreneurs from around the world. It's a purely great worldwide audience that we have. And we have a, a wonderfully diverse a group of founders that we meet. Uh, I do have archived episodes, which you can go and get from searching your favorite podcasting app and just search for Paul Kemp and you'll see uh, that there's archives part one, part two, part three, and part four. And this is episode 492 uh, and full show notes will be at theappguide.co. Uh, so today I want to deconstruct the success of uh, a very great uh, founder. I was introduced to this founder uh, from a previous guest and uh, he was the, um, he still is uh, with Techstars, uh, Eamon Carey, and he, he introduced me to Mike Montel. He is the co-founder and CEO of Lingvist.io, Lingvist, L-I-N-G-V-I-S-T, Io. Go and have a look at it. Learn a language in 200 hours. I'm just off the back of a very successful app launch about languages. I'm really interested in learning about Lingvist. Uh, Mike, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Well, hello. It's a pleasure to be here. It, it's a pleasure. I mean, so your, uh, your service, you're helping people by teaching them how to learn a language in 200 hours. That's a pretty impressive uh, goal. Uh, how, did, how did you get started? It's a funny story because um, I think it dates back to my language learning at school and I was very bad at language learning. So it was a kind of um, weird thing that I ended up building a language learning company. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this right. You were quite bad at learning languages. Though just for the audience, you are calling in uh, your Estonian and uh, you, I'm guessing the first language you ended up learning was what, English? No, um, I, yeah, the first language was Estonian, which is a very, very rare language. Only even less than one million people are spe speaking Estonian. And yeah, then uh, uh, Estonia was a part of Soviet Union, so we had to learn Russian, actually. It was not English, because uh, English language was still behind the Iron Curtain at that time. Right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And and so uh, you then had at school a real problem learning languages. And what I'm guessing from your story is you realized that there's an opportunity to help others who probably suffer from the same experience that you had learning a language. Well, yes, of course. Uh, it's um, starting a company is uh, motivated for uh, 
solving my own problem. Uh, and uh, But the reason why I started the company was that I was actually, as I was not good at learning languages, then I became a physicist and I, I was uh, working at CERN for quite some time as a nuclear physicist. And then I started to think that maybe we can use the same kind of computer technology to speed up uh, language learning. And then I built a prototype, which uh, was kind of hobby, but this hobby went out of the control and I found myself building a company a little bit later. Mike, I have to say, you are now um, unique for two reasons. First, I don't think we've had anyone from Estonia on this episode, on this whole show, and we've done almost 500 episodes. So um, you're first. And you're probably the first nuclear physicist that we've had on as well. So uh, how on earth <laughs> did you go from preparing, like studying, doing um, all the, the education you need to become a nuclear physicist to then setting up a, a company? How, how, we'd love to know how you transitioned your life to go from one career path to another. Yeah, um, quite unexpected things happen. Um, probably a lot of uh, people know um, about the nuclear laboratory uh, close to Geneva, which is called CERN, Center of European Nuclear Research, and uh, that it's the biggest, uh, biggest nuclear experiment which discovered uh, quite recently the so-called Higgs particle or God particle. And uh, I was involved with this experiment almost 10 years or nine years. So, but it's a very, very big um, research laboratory. And of course, all of this scientific language is, people speak English, but it's situated um, in the French speaking area. So that if you work there, then uh, it's uh, like a separate town uh, where people do, they work, they eat and sleep and do all the social life. So basically there is no need to speak French, uh, although the laboratory is in the French speaking area. And uh, as I was working there, then uh, um, after the Higgs discovery, I felt a little bit sad because I understood that I have been living there for quite some time and I have not used the opportunity to speak to the local people and learn French. And uh, then I thought that, uh, well, um, <coughs> we can do a lot of amazing stuff with computer technology. We can, uh, we can optimize and teach uh, computers to find unknown particles and maybe I can use the same kind of algorithms to build the language learning software for myself. And then I experimented with the idea and, uh, and uh, got obsessed uh, uh, to my calculations that, that if you would do everything in the best possible way, then it would be possible to learn a new language in order of magnitude, 100 or 200 hours. And uh, yeah, then I built a prototype which took off and I found myself in startup business. I love this journey. It's so unique. It's so inspirational. It really is. So let me get this straight. You went from finding the God particle uh, at CERN to then uh, 
going into the deep end, uh, starting your own company and using the the knowledge that you'd learned for uh, creating wonderful algorithms that help people uh, solve the problem of learning a, a language rapidly. Uh, what an amazing journey. And, and you must have been really fr frightened in a way to go from a what, what was probably a very secure environment, safe, salaried, to then the ups and downs of a startup did, how did you overcome your fear of doing this <laughs> of course it was a quite um, shocking moment when i realized that uh, um, i do not have an office i do not have a printer i do not have a computer <laughs> <laughs> nobody's setting up those things for me <laughs> and i have to do it for other people <laughs> and uh, but it, it it happened kind of accidentally because um when i had my uh, early prototype for myself, uh, then uh, I met uh, Jan Tallinn, uh, who is the technical co-founder of Skype in a conference. And uh, he's mm, pretty active in investing uh, technology startups, um, although at that time I didn't know about it too much. But he was the very early investor in, uh, in uh, uh, DeepMind, which is the artificial intelligence company uh, which was acquired recently by Google um, and uh, I started to talk to him because he was using an application to learn Japanese and then I was using the application for my own application to learn French and uh, then we realized that actually we have built those products by ourselves recently and and uh, then we spent a day together to compare each other's software and code and approach and algorithms and uh, then he proposed that I should make a startup and uh, I didn't take it very seriously but later I found out that uh, he actually stopped his development on the same day because he thought that my prototype was so much more advanced and, uh, and uh, when we got started then he became our first investor. Um, yeah, but it was kind of um, uh, kind of uh, uh, accident because I thought that building a startup is much easier if I if I was um, not a professional software developer. Then I thought that everything that I do uh, building a software is um, much slower, and uh, I thought that when I take a vacation, I hire a couple of professional guys who can code my prototype um, as a publicly uh, used software, then it will, take, it will not take much time. And I took the vacation, hired the guys, and then I realized that I need more guys, I need uh, linguists, I need funding, and I extended my vacation, and finally I realized that there are so many people working in the company already that I cannot go back. So it was not uh, like a one decision that, uh, well, let's close this door at CERN and start a startup. It's wonderful. I love listening to this story. So uh, I one of the big themes of this show over the years has been the importance of networking. And you happen to get one day with the technical co-founder of Skype. <laughs> which is very, very impressive. And I would love to learn, how on earth did you 
get into the same room, get to know, uh, you know, get to know them and, and just get the time with them. It's interesting, but um, uh, Skype uh, was co-founded in Estonia and uh, all of the Skype co-founders actually, most of them are living in Estonia at the moment and, and building very interesting startups. So I was... Oh, so it's, uh, I, I never realized that. So the co-founders are in your uh, home country? Yes. Oh, okay. So, but then again, it's still... Uh, you know, quite impressive that you, did you go to a networking event to meet them? Uh, did they know about you from your research? Uh, because we're helping people here connect with uh, the uh, influencers and help people start their own businesses. And you've just accelerated your startup by getting involved and in getting an early investor from the, the early co-founders of Skype. Uh, I would love to learn how we could copy your success to do that <laughs> in our businesses. Well, definitely it was um, through some kind of network. Um, I remember at that, that time um, I had been awarded as a, a, a young scientist award. And then, uh, then uh, there were a bunch of events where people uh, met other interesting people and uh, and somehow we actually knew each uh, each other from uh, from another event and it was an occasional event where we met or a occasional conference where we met uh, some years later so then it took off right right well let's let's learn how it took off because there's many people at the early stages of an idea or maybe their company is at the early st startup stage. And how did you accelerate your uh, success? You know, I mean, you've got this wonderful prototype. It's it's very much loved by a very influential person. Was it a case that that, it, that investor was instrumental in getting it out to the world and getting it into lots and lots of people's hands for the testing? He actually um, recommended to build a startup but uh, I didn't take any action right away because I thought it was uh, just a nice idea or a little bit uh, um, just said as a polite suggestion because I was still working at CERN. And, uh, but it, it um, made this idea to grow and it took uh, half a year before we actually, uh, I found a co-founder uh, who had some business experience and then we 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 made our first slides and very first prototype and when we had already the very very early public prototype running then he be, uh, became our first investor so okay and what did you do with the money then because that's also like really something we could learn from when you do get an injection of cash into the company uh, were there strings on what you could use it for did you use it to build out the prototype, pay yourself some money, you know, give us an idea of what we can learn from you in your early journey from, from getting a good injection of, of cash. At, at that time, we didn't think about paying any money to ourselves. Um, but we, we basically, we, we spent this money uh, paying uh, to the software developers who built the prototype and we, we just took it to the next level to raise uh, uh, seed round which was pretty big seed round uh, 
it was more than one million euros um, two years ago. That unbelievable! Congratulations on such a great success. And in, in your journey, what what can, do you think we can learn from you? Uh, because uh, you've experienced success with your first startup which is going to make a lot of people envious because it's an up and down game and uh, there's thousands and thousands of startups every day and you know you've you've experienced success and I just wondered what you've learned along the years to help us in terms of the big challenges you've had to overcome there are not so many years uh, <laughs> just uh, two or three years uh, since we started um, but now the company has uh, we have mo- almost 40 people working full-time. Um, I think the best advice that was given to me, it was by John Bradford, who said that uh, uh, just hire very good people and then you look better by yourself as well. And then uh, I just started to build the team and I was uh, uh, going after the absolute top guys in the world. Um, so uh, we hired the best uh, CTO uh, and uh, the, our CTO was the technical lead of Skype core technology team. So he left Skype uh, when we, he joined us and then a couple of tech stars, mentors joined us for, for as a board member and uh, as um, uh, uh, chief product officer and uh, some really, really great uh, linguistic people joined us. So I think much of this success that we have had is thanks to those people who actually joined the company, uh, who are really the, the top of the world. It's wonderful. And for anyone who hasn't heard my episode with John Bradford, definitely go to theappguy.co and search for that because it was a fascinating chat with uh, John Bradford. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Mate Montel, but let me just thank my sponsors. Do stay tuned for these episode announcements because uh, it's our sponsors and uh, they are supporting the show. First is TopTal. TopTal is a great network for developers or designers. And I want to talk about four aspects of their business, which I think will really help you out. If you're a startup, if you're a, a company, mid-size, small size, even if you're an indie developer, but you've got some budget, uh, then uh, I would suggest you're trying out TopTal. You may be having a, a kind of debate internally about whether you build up a, an internal team of developers or whether you actually uh, work remotely. Now, I'm going to argue that uh, the way TopTal have structured their business is the best for you. There's four aspects of what they do, which I think will be uh, really helpful for you. First is the hands-on matching process. They have this network. It's a top-tier network of the best developers, the best designers that they can possibly find through their assessment. And they will um, first speak with you. You then have a lead engineer who will then navigate around the network and learn your needs and will find you the best talent. So this hands-on matching process, number one. Number two, is that they are so confident that this will be uh, for you that there's a no risk trial and every client that they work with does uh, have access to this no risk trial it means that uh, over two weeks 
working with the developer, if it doesn't meet your needs, then they will pay the developer the costs of uh, their time and then they will continue to look for the right developer for you. So they are so confident that they're putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, also, the third aspect is uh, reduced time. Reduced time because you're working with an experienced uh, top tile uh, developer or designer, then uh, it means that it just it doesn't take so long to get them up to speed because they are experienced, because they've done relevant projects, because they are right for you. And there's the cost savings that this brings to them uh, because they are offering very reasonable rates for the quality of the uh, individuals. And they just simply um, don't have to market themselves because they're within the top town network. So these uh, are very highly respected individuals. And finally, the flexibility. So um, try out TopTal. Go to TopTal.com forward slash pool. TopTal.com forward slash pool. And uh, give them a, a try for two weeks. I highly recommend them as a developer or designer network. Thanks very much to TopTal for supporting this show. Next is Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket is great if you are in requiring a brand. And a lot of startup founders do waste time. I was one of these where you spend a lot of time on the brand, the name, uh, the logo, uh, just trying to get it all right. Well, go to Brand Bucket and everything's done for you. You get a, a nice name, uh, lots of uh, names that are presented to you. Uh, you get a wonderful logo that's related. And you know that no one else has a claim on that domain and you just have, it's a lot quicker process. Uh, so I've gone to uh, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy and I'm presented with a search bar. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll search for Gadget. Gadget is a company name that uh, is often hard to think of, uh, you know, the appropriate name. Now, what's interesting is uh, in these search results, uh, they can uh, present everything they have or they um, present uh, either the keyword, which is uh, a brand name that is uh, has gadget in it or an invented name and so uh, we're going to have a look at the keyword first and I can see that there's names such as Gadgetly, Gadgetza, um, Gadget Rabbit, it's like a lovely uh, interesting name there, um, ooh, you want to see the logo on that, Gadget Rabbit, um, Gadget Root, Gadget C, Oh Gadgets uh, and, and then if we go to invented uh, they have uh, invented names such as um, these are these are all these logos look very gadgety, um, but they don't have the word gadget in because uh, this is invented name. So it's um, Podent, Gizzo, Kartnik, uh, Telecomatic, Piccoli, uh, Applara. Applara. That looks a really interesting name. So go and have a fun. Go and um, search for some names, and uh, you'll find something that really works for you. Whether it's a side project, whether it's your own startup, whether it's. Uh, a rebranding exercise that you need to go through. Um, so that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. And thank you very much to Brand Bucket for supporting the show. Right, let's get back into the episode with Mate Montel. I would like, love to know then, uh, one of the things I did recently was I, I, I worked with a language app, um, helped them launch. And over the uh, year of the app, uh, they gained something like 10 million downloads. And, uh, and then I helped them with the update launch. Uh, but even though there was that many downloads of an app, it's still very, very, very hard to get the press to take attention. Uh, you know, it's another language app. Uh, and we're all competing against uh, Duolingo, which seems to have huge amounts of traction, is always on the top of the charts in the app store. 
How have you conquered some of those challenges then with your language approach and to actually get people to use it, take notice and and also get the attention of tech press or any press? Um, up to this point, uh, we have not made any effort uh, to acquire users uh, because um, there is a big enough uh, users inflow um, virally and uh, we feel that it's uh, important to uh, test the product as early as possible mm, but now the product is just getting ready for bigger launches and uh, over the coming um, 10 months I think there will be still a lot of feature developments which make this product a full language learning product. Um, today we have some half a million test users. We call them test users because they they definitely they get a lot of value uh, out of the learning by themselves, but they add also a tremendous amount of value to us because uh, as we are using machine learning algorithms, then uh, uh, all of these um, calculations and predictions that we can do about an individual user, they get better and better the more users we have. Um, yeah, I didn't answer your question. How, yeah, but, um, how Mike, this is, this is fascinating. I'm loving, <laughs> loving this because it's so, it's so relevant to uh, what, what I'm currently doing. You know, I'm working with a co-founder on a launch and uh, our feeling is that to get the attention of investors, we need lots and lots of downloads and lots and lots of users. And and you haven't done any um, reaching out to the press. You have just been focused on the product. You have a big team of 40. And uh, you, you've got half a million beta testers, effectively, users that are testing it. That is incredible. And I'm learning so much from like what the top investors and the top founders maybe look for, which is not just an early uh, viral boom in, in uh, downloads and users, but more about the product itself. And, and is it really adding massive value to people? I, I think uh, as we have managed to raise quite a lot of money early on, then we were not in such an under the pressure to run for the uh, uh, marketing and uh, and uh, acquiring users earlier than we actually were able to um, have enough high uh, retention rate. But now the retention is already so high that uh, the, the users are just generating other users and uh, most of the users are coming through uh, through word of mouth or referrals between people. So yeah, it's. Yeah, th th I'm learning a lot, and this is a fascinating episode because uh, too often I'm sure that I'm appealing now to everyone, all the Appster tribe who f follow me, listen to this episode, and th that we often get distracted uh, by the what we call um, the vanity metrics. You know, how many downloads have you had? And, uh, have you got mentioned on TechCrunch or uh, Mashable or uh, um, BuzzFeed or whatever, you know, the the next web? And, and what you're reminding us is that it's really important to just 
focus on the problems, solve it in such a beautiful way that people are massive fans. And almost that takes care of the launch because you've got these super fans who are promoting it on your behalf without any effort. Yes, we, we, we have relied a lot on those people. And uh, um, it's also very motivating for us to have these, these user feedback. Um, the funniest user feedback was actually not uh, from the user, but um, uh, by the user's wife who said that his husband does not have time anymore uh, for her. <laughs> so can we limit, please, the learning time? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your next idea for that which is uh, how to repair relationships after using your uh, using your service uh, so what's the next step for you then I'm, i've never had i mean these are all firsts for me and you know i've had a lot of chats with various founders and i've learned enormous amounts from you you're the first estonian you're the first nuclear physicist you're the first person i think with half a million beta testers uh, before you officially you know roll out and launch and uh, i've learned so much i mean what's the next step uh, of your development where can you see yourselves going um, at the moment we have um, a software which is uh, pretty much focused for vocabulary learning as vocabulary learning is a quite an important part of language learning but it's not all that you need um, there are some uh, uh, support for reading and listening skills as well, but uh, the plan for the product is is to build those uh, um, other support to other skill sets uh, uh, over the coming ten to twelve months, uh, and uh, we will we have plans to launch our application uh, mobile native applications in a couple of months. I cannot really tell the date yet but it will be something uh, uh, early, on, or early November, maybe. And uh, wow. then, uh, uh, yeah, then, then we will start trying uh, our monetization strategies, because if the product is ready enough, then every startup should make it uh, independent from investors' money. So... This is our main goal in the next year. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening who can help you with the launch. I, I've been involved in lots and lots of launches, happy to help uh, whenever you need it. Uh, so I've really enjoyed chatting with you and I, I, I would really urge everyone to go and uh, check out the show notes to find links to you and to Lingvist. And so that is going to theappguy.co and searching for episode 492. Um, but in the meantime, if I mean, I've been inspired. How can people reach out and connect with you and Lingvist? What's the best way of getting in touch? Everybody can just Google Lingvist. It's uh, like a uh, misspelled linguist switching U to V. And uh, by Googling it, everybody can find it from online and can start using it. And uh, if somebody wants to reach out to me, then just my first name and at linguist.io yes. yeah that's m-a-i-t mate at linguist.io yes well might i i'm totally blown away i mean you've you, you know in terms of having a purpose in life talk about uh, your purpose uh, you've gone through 10 years of then giving us 
and helping us find the God particle, the, <laughs> the Higgs boson. And uh, now you're um, helping the world connect in a way by, by understanding different languages in such a short space of time. Wonderful to meet a, a great founder like yourself. And uh, thanks for inspiring us all on this show. Well, thank you for inviting to the show. Okay, bye for now. Thank you. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that chat with me, Montel. Uh, I would love you to reach out to me, connect with me. If you have uh, a project, for example, that uh, you are expecting the development time to be around about uh, 30 hours to 50 hours. If you have a project and you do need uh, an app developer, uh, whether it's iOS or Android, then do reach out, get in touch. It's paul at theappguy.co. Let's have a chat about it because there may be something I can do to help out. I've recently helped out someone uh, who was struggling with the development time for their project and uh, I'm sure that I could do the same for you. And also, uh, I have a couple of things that I'm potentially going to get involved with recently and if you are good at assessing ideas, especially in the camera and video space, and also if you have had any experience with the um, website uh, Wix, and uh, also if you're a freelancer and you are struggling to use Basecamp, you're looking for an alternative that's a lot cheaper, then I would love to just connect with you, have a chat, flesh out uh, some ideas with you uh, as a potential uh, a sounding board and then uh, get your feedback. I would love that. So do get in touch with me. It's paul at theappguy.co. You could also join my Slack community, which I am active on. Uh, just go to theappguy.co. And when you get past the registration, uh, which is free, you'll see uh, at the top there on the top right, uh, a Slack community where you can click join for free and then you can be part of the Slack community. Come and say hello anyway. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to getting another episode out to you shortly. Bye for now.